Maybe at work? In the car? Wherever you are. Geocache Talk podcast is sponsored by FTF Magazine. FTF Magazine can be found at ftfgeocacher.com and by IB Geocaching Supplies. The best site for geocoins, cache containers, and much more can be found at ibgeocaching.com and by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app and can be found at cashly.com. Please make sure and let these fine sponsors know that you appreciate their support of the show. Hey everyone, it's time for the Podcast of Hope, hour number three. Whether you work, in the car, wherever you are, we hope you enjoy this special holiday show. Please give it a like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, wherever you can find it so you can get all the weekly geocache talk goodness. This year, the Podcast of Hope selected St. Jude again. Sports Charity, St. Jude's life-saving mission of finding cures for children battling cancer and other life-threatening diseases. We need your help to reach our fundraising goal of 2000 before the end of this special eight-hour all-star podcast. And uh, we're going to mention the total here in a minute, Jesse, if you'll get that ready. Uh, but I do want to mention a little research update um, I want to do a couple of these tonight as we go through these eight hours, but there's a new research update. Um, they've discovered a linkage between two proteins in acute myeloid leukemia enables cancer cells to resist chemotherapy and showed that disrupting that linkage could render that cell vulnerable to treatment. So again, sometimes um, they have... Uh, chemotherapy resistance that develops and that's of course a bad thing because we want to have the chemotherapy to be effective and so researchers have discovered the linkage and hopefully they can figure out a way to break that so that they can get um, better uh, results from chemotherapy so um, if you'd like to be a part uh, tonight of helping St. Jude's uh, head on over to our event page which is events with a plural, events.stjude.org forward slash podcast of hope. And we're hitting the tote board. Where are we at, Jesse, on tonight? So we are still moving the needle. We're now up to 17%, cool. which is $340, which awesome. is great that we're raising money. We're going to have to uh, we're gonna have to kick it in if we're going to meet our goal by the end of the night. Uh, we're a little bit below where we'd like to be for dividing up evenly. So. We're going to have to open up those, you know, skip buying them trackable for a week right. and throw that money in there and, you know, uh, maybe opt for the plastic ammo can instead of the metal ammo can for the next hide and throw a couple more bucks in there. Right. Um, now we can do it. And, you know, St. Jude is a great cause. So $340 is still good. And thank you to everybody that's, that's donated so far. And you can see on the page, there's people's it's scrolling through and people are donating a good bit of money and that's, we're very thankful so far. This is this is great. One of the things we're going to do during this hour, as we, we're talking about holiday gadgets, but 
during this particular hour, um, Sydney, we've got a special giveaway we're going to give away. During ah, this. yes, I do. I have it right here, actually, oh. Gary. Thank yes. you for mentioning it. Um, so if you would like to be considered for any of our giveaways tonight, um, most of them are going to be for donations. But if you'd like to be considered, make sure you put your name or your geocaching name with your donation. Because if you put anonymous, we have no idea who to send the prize to. So yep. and we have a prize. I have, if, if I can open this box, <laughs> I actually have a, a cash crate here Ooh. that Ooh. I will be giving away to uh, any donation in this hour, any any dollar amount. Cool. Very cool. Exciting. Excellent. Um, well, we're looking forward to... Um, Somebody just entered that drawing. Oh, yeah? Just, just, up, yeah. just now. There you go. Just Perfect. now. my list going here. That's right. Um, yeah, keep that... Um, uh, keep that in, keep the the donations coming and you can get a cash crate uh, during this hour possibly so but we're going to talk gadgets with Daryl W4 from Geo Gearheads so Daryl thanks for being on the show in hour number three well thanks for having me it's always fun to talk about uh, just about anything but of course gadgets are always a favorite and um, Daryl is um a good friend we've uh and he's of course special he was on uh, our he was on show number one of geocache talk way back and uh he's been on a few times since and you were on last year's uh, podcast of hope so you're uh you're like a uh you're, you're being a rock star on geocache talk <laughs> well i think last time we talked about uh gadgets again yes but i don't remember what the second topic was because we did the two hours uh last year too we did i'll go back and look while we're while we're, we're, we're talking about those I'll, I'll find out what the other one was so did we doing... do winter winter caching were you on that one with that, me daryl that was with joshua no, that was wasn't? with joshua yeah joshua I don't remember. It's been, I guess, a year. So. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look because that's a good question. Because, because um, Daryl's gonna be on a little bit later, uh, or actually right after this one, we're gonna do um, uh, the other games, which will be fun to talk about. And Susan's gonna yes. come back over and talk about. Uh, everybody, Sydney's excited about one of the I'm other excited. games, po Pokemon Go. But we're gonna talk about. We gotta talk about Wallaby, which you know I don't think there's ever been a Wallaby. Show. Did you guys ever do a Wallaby show? Darryl? We actually did four, I think, Wallaby shows, including Have a really? special for their second anniversary. Oh, wow. But we haven't done one dedicated to it since Munzee acquired them, and now it's, of course, Freeze Tags, and Munzee yep. is not a uh, company anymore. Right. Yeah. That's, a, that's <laughs> so a whole, confusing. Yeah, it is confusing. But, but yeah, um, yeah, so we're, it'll be fun. We're talking a little Munzee. We'll talk Wallaby and all that. But that's in the next hour. This hour, we're doing uh, gadgets again, holiday gadgets, because um, I love having Daryl on when we talk about gadgets. But um, let's start with um, some of the ones you mentioned uh, that you have in the show notes from Amazon. Uh, the first one is unique, I think. <laughs> yeah, this is a really cool concept, especially this time of year, and that's one of the reasons why I needed to get this in. Amazon is really pumping up their efforts to get these lockers out. And you might have seen them around. They're big yellow lockers. And sometimes they'll be at like your local convenience store and some of the department stores and uh, supermarkets. And you can have stuff sent there. Now, there's a couple of cool things. One, your package isn't going to be sitting out on the porch. But this time of year, if you're looking for something for like the kids or for your uh, significant other, 
have it sent to the locker. You get an email with a code. You just stop by on your way home from work or as you're going shopping or whatever, pick it up. And that way you don't have to worry about someone grabbing it and uh, maybe spoiling the surprise of that uh, gift that you had picked out for someone. Yeah, we've, we've got, we got one nearby in uh, outside of a quick trip, which is kind of like a, conv- or a gas station, like a yeah, your C store kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And so uh, when I first saw it there, I was like, this is strange, but I think it's kind of cool, but it's still, it was sort of like a, a shock at first to see this thing uh, out front, but uh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going in at a lot of the Whole Foods markets since Amazon now owns Whole Foods. Uh, a lot of the uh, office supply stores will have them as well. And it's just a great way to keep your uh, packages safe and uh, out of the hands of prying eyes. If, you know, it's a gift. Yeah. So it's just amazon.com slash locker. So you can find it, uh, add that uh, locker to your approved shipping and it just goes there just like it would any other package. And I've been doing a lot of that this year to, you know, make sure that, uh, it doesn't go to someone who uh, shouldn't have it. <laughs> shouldn't have it. That's or at least yet. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, so the next one, another Amazon item, and this is Fascinating because I think, uh, Daryl, the, the fact that there's a couple different manufacturers of this, but yet this one um, is the Echo. Well, the Echo is the whole family from whole Amazon. Echo, right. This is so, their smart speaker line. Right. And this is really, I think, the year of Alexa. And this is the reason we wanted to talk about it tonight. I know so many people who were kind of, oh, yeah, that's kind of cute. But, you know, what am I ever really going to use it for? Right. And all of a sudden this year, it's like the only thing I'm hearing from so many people is uh, Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. And most people are doing the dot because it's that cheap little thing. And it, yeah. it didn't hurt that for the Black Friday sales, it was $25. Mm-hmm. And at $25, I picked up a couple of extra ones myself. Right. Uh, and then they have a new version of the Echo that's a little smaller. That's the original right. big ball tube the that big, most people right. need. Right. And it, this one is a little bit prettier, uh, you know, a little bit shorter. I actually don't like the way it looks on the top as much, but it is so much better. I actually had to replace one of my original Echoes uh, with one that was on sale this year. Again, they 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 still have great deals, but they had some really amazing deals on the uh, Echo product line. And then the uh, Echo Plus is the new one that just came out this year. Okay. which actually includes a home automation hub. So any one of these things, you just set them up, you have them there and you can get news, you can play music. You know, there's interaction. They have games now. That was one of the new things they've oh. added this year is they have games and you can actually get these little buttons to play like Jeopardy where okay. you have to like buzz in. Right. So, That's cool. Some cool stuff. But yeah, you know, it's amazing. I got one of these for my uh, nephew and his... Uh, younger uh, niece and nephews or nieces rather absolutely love this thing this is their entertainment they can play with the dot for hours just asking it to do things (laughs) stump the echo right try to figure out and i've heard that from so many people is that the kids (laughs) are more entertained by the alexa devices right because it's on demand you know tell me a story tell me a joke you know it's all for the most part fairly friendly but then this time of year, 
everyone's really getting into the home automation aspect of it because you can tie in things like your Philips Hue lights. You can do, you know, I, I like the uh, Lutron Caseta system uh, because that just has a plug-in module so you can take any light that plugs into the wall. Right. Uh, you can uh, put it on the uh, uh, plug-in dimmer or you can go and swap out your regular wall switches. And unlike a lot of the other systems, Caseta is just two wires. You oh. don't have to have the uh, uh, common uh, wire to so, power it. So if you have the Caseta, you you could, I mean, you would then, uh, you could control it through through your Echo. Correct. And, you know, HomeKit and, uh, uh, you know, just about everything works with the Caseta system. So that's one of the reasons I like it. Uh, but they do have more variety than a lot of the other systems do, including just on-off switches for things like the fans. Right. And one of the things that uh, uh, Mark and Scott love to tease me about is all of this stuff. And we've got in the kitchen when we had to redo the ceiling because there was a uh, leak in the bathroom, uh -huh. when they replaced the uh, lights and the fan in there, it's like, you know what? I'm going to put this stuff on the Caseta system because we have the Echo just over here in the other room. Right. So what happens when your hands are dirty from cooking? Right. And you go, oh, shoot, I forgot to turn on the fan. Right. Alexa, fan yeah. on. Right. And all of a sudden, the fan's on, and it's it's amazing. It, you never, it, it's one of those little secret weapons that until you've done it once, you never really understand how nice it is. Yep. And you still have with the uh, Lutron system, all of those little wall switches. So you oh. can still go and hit it, and you're done. You know, it's yeah. it it's one of those things we really don't use the voice commands all that often. Having the voice commands is awesome, is awesome though. And even better is the automation that you get from it. We have a lot of the lights, like our porch light. We've got the lights for the uh, Christmas tree kind of thing, you know, in the front window. Right. That all uh, ties to sundown and sunup. So Aww. like half an hour before sundown, the Christmas lights turn on. At 9.30, right. it turns it off. When That's we go awesome. to bed, we do an IFT trigger, which is another great pick. No matter what you have, check out IFT. If this, then that is what it stands for. I-F-T-T-T. -T -T. Oh, go to the yeah. website. Check it out. There's all kinds of automation you can do from your phone, from Alexa, from all kinds of stuff. It's, yeah, so it's basically I, uh, like the brain of all your smart home then. Well, it's just basic triggers but you can do things like you know not related to the uh, smart home or not related to smart home at all right. but you can have it do like archive all of my photos that i post to instagram to dropbox take uh, all of my driving trips yeah and create a spreadsheet it has all of these kind of connections you have to have the supported devices or software to make it work. But one of the great things about it is it works for all kinds of stuff and it makes connections to systems that otherwise don't connect. So we have the thermostat and several lights that when we tell IFT through Alexa that we're going to sleep, it turns off lights downstairs. It puts the thermostat into night mode. It uh, turns on the bedroom light at uh, like 20%. So we have a nice light to walk up the stairs to and cool. get it. You know, oh my so goodness. It, it's just once you have some of this stuff, it becomes so 
much more usable through things like Ift and same thing when we go away and there's vacation modes on most of these home automation systems too. So you can set up uh, in some cases, the if trigger I'm going on vacation, right? You know, so you just say Alexa vacation time and all of a sudden your thermostat goes into away mode. You're uh, you're into vacation mode. So it's even more energy efficient. Your lights start turning on and off at random to make people think you're still there. Uh, you know, if you have like the cameras, you can set those kind of things up. But normally some of those devices like the cameras won't talk to Alexa. But through IFT, now you have the Alexa commands. Wow. Nice. IFTTT.com. Right. But cool. not everything is supported. And one of the big things that uh, people are really getting into, including my nephew, are the TP-Link uh, smart plugs. They're pretty cheap. They have energy monitoring. And I've been using a different version of it for years but it's nice because you sit there like my fish tank i always wondered how much uh, power that's really taking yeah okay so i can look at it but even better yet i can tell when something isn't working right because it's using too much or too little power right tp-link.com yep so here's the most important part let's assume and this is gonna be a big stretch right let's assume for a minute that i'm a big nerd and I'm trying to push home automation in my house. But my wife is not buying into this. But I'd like to get some new toys for Christmas. Your hypothetical <laughs> wife or your real wife? Totally hypothetical here. All of this is hypothetical, right? The only thing I've gotten so far is the locks, you know, the automatic locks. And those are awesome. I love them. But uh, I got the August, the smart locks. Right. So I just walk up and it unlocks for me. <laughs> I love it. And I know I get notifications when they're locked and unlocked and stuff. Um, what would be a good selling point that I could say, but honey, <laughs> you know, hypothetically still, right? But honey, we'll just use the name Christy for this one. <laughs> but Christy, <laughs> it'll do this. What do you think the coolest, how, what's the best selling point for that? That's one of those things you really have to figure out what is important to that person. Oh boy. But for us, it was really the whole thing of the, uh, automation of the lights because now okay we're going out do the okay um alexa trigger away mode and all of a sudden it puts a thermostat down it turns off the lights that you don't want on and we even had to turn on the uh, uh, porch light at one point decided that wasn't such a good idea and just do it off of timer Uh, so we had to do all that stuff so you didn't have to go run around and turn off the lights after you know like in most people's cases, you don't have to turn off the lights after the kids forgot to turn them off upstairs. Oh, gosh. That is constant with us, the the lights. That may sell it right there. The lights may sell it. Yeah, but it, that's one of those things. It's not cheap. Don't do that all at once because it's going to cost a fortune. Uh, you know, even the cheap uh, locks or the light switches, rather, mm-hmm. are still going to be about 30 or $40 on sale. So it's not the kind of thing that you really want to go and jump into all at once. So you start doing it at, you know, like the, in my case, the uh, kitchen really needed it because we were doing everything at all at once, you know, new switches, new everything. Cause you know, kitchen ceiling had to go, all the lights were replaced. The fan was replaced. So now we're going to do it right. When we moved in the living room, got it because there's no lights in the living room. Right. Oh, okay. And there's only one light switch in the living room. 
So we'd either have to have a whole bunch of uh, lamp light or lamps around the room that we had to go and turn on individually, or we get the home automation with the uh, plug-in modules, plug those in, the lights now turn on and off with uh, uh, any one of the little remotes, with any of the smartphones, or better yet, with Alexa. Is there any issues with, let's say, this hypothetical person again has a bunch of fruity devices? No, but one of the things that I kind of... Apple, I got you. Okay. (laughs) One of the things I kind of got used to was when I was buying this stuff, I started looking for the systems that were HomeKit enabled, which is Apple's protocol. Mm -hmm. Because Apple used to, not so much anymore but they used to have very, very strict policies as to the security of the device. So a lot of the home automation stuff was really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's not like, you know, if it doesn't have HomeKit, it isn't going to be safe. But if it has that HomeKit, the chances of it having vulnerabilities is less because they demanded so much in the security uh, realm they've backed off of that a little bit now. So it's not as uh, significant as it used to be, but still, you know, if you get the home kit stuff, it's certainly going to work with uh, Apple devices. And it even, it's, it's really cool. Cause when you slide up your uh, um, drawer, you have a little home icon and all of your home kit devices show up there. So I can just slide up, tap, turn on and off my lights. I can actually turn down the temperature cause I've got the, uh, Ecobee 3, which is HomeKit enabled. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things, too, for someone who's just getting into this, the Ecobee 4 actually has Alexa built in. So if you have your thermostat in the hallway, all of a sudden now you have a microphone in the hallway in addition to that thermostat, so you can tell it to you know, turn off the lights or trigger away mode right at the thermostat. You don't necessarily have to have one you know, like in the bedroom. Right. Do they, uh, as far as compatibility, um, there's no, uh, Apple, I guess in a sense, um, has long since gotten away from being proprietary or is it, it, it now at least allows the links to other systems? Well, there's the HomeKit uh, program right. is like the API and everything so that okay. you can talk to the phone. It doesn't allow the systems to talk to each other. Okay. Gotcha. That's what things like Ift do. Right. Or a lot of people are really into the uh, Samsung smart things, which used to not be owned by Samsung. Samsung actually bought them. Uh, but that's a system that ties all of these different systems together as well. Plus, so, it's the home automation hub. So you can do things like the, uh, um, uh, I just mentioned it a while ago, the Philips Hue. Yeah. Those Philips Hue lights without doing the, uh, uh, hub from Philips, it has the hub built in. Same thing with that uh, Echo Plus. Yeah. It has the hub built in, so you don't have to get the hub because it's built into that device. So but the nice thing is like those Philips lights, yeah. you just screw in those light bulbs. You don't need the light switch. But right. you can't do the automation with things like that kitchen fan because the kitchen fan isn't a light bulb. It's just an electrical device. Right. So right. there's a lot of different things that you have to kind of weigh out. But when you get into like those hues, it's really cool because they do have the option on uh, some of those bulbs to change the color. 
Right. They even went so far as some of the, uh, I think it was Netflix programs, will actually change the color of the Hughes lights in your room to match the show. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, so hold on. One announcement and then a question yes. from the chat room. The announcement is we just reached $500. That's 25% of our goal. Yes. Excellent. Uh, Good and the job. question, which I knew was going to come up as soon as, as soon as Daryl said security, <laughs> uh, I knew this was going to come up. Um, and I, I can't pronounce the name because it's a call sign on a ham radio is his name in the chat room. But um, he asked, are you running more than one network for security purposes at your house? No, I am not. However, um, most of the uh, home automation stuff that I use has its own hub and they're hardwired. Mm, okay. I tend to avoid Wi-Fi for the uh, fairly obvious problems that uh, go along with it in congested areas. You know, I'm, mm. I'm in a condo. They're townhouses, so it's not as bad as when I was in an apartment. But when I was in the apartment, the Wi-Fi was uh, hit and miss. So I, I tend not to use Wi-Fi whenever possible. Um, but anytime you can go hardwired, you're going to be in better shape. Good deal. I know that's a question on a lot of people's mind kind of as this emerges. A lot of this technology is emerging if, you know, yeah. they're going to get hacked. and Well, and that's one of the things, too, that we're not going to talk about tonight. But there are some new routers coming out. And that's going to be, I think, the uh, big thing for next year are the new routers that actually have intrusion protection and can shut down devices that appear to have been hacked. Oh, wow. That's cool. And I'm actually running one of those right now. I've got (laughs) Uh the TP-Link Deco system, but the Eero system, which is another great mesh network, has that as, I believe it's a $10 a month add-on. So if that's the kind of stuff that you're nervous about and you don't want to take the action yourself to make sure that it's in uh, good shape and you're not getting hacked these are great systems because it's set it up leave it and you're done so the most important question too is can i change alexa's name to how 2000 <laughs> no <laughs> no Th- that actually that. does bring up a good point too that is interesting. one of my uh, nieces is alexia Oh, no. no. So we have problems with that. Some of these third-party systems, in fact, most of these third-party systems that have Alexa ingraded don't allow you to change the name. So if you have a common name like uh, Alexia (laughs) or Alexa, you can't change it on some of these third-party systems. So that is going to be a problem. On the genuine uh, Echo products, you know, the... Uh, right. Once from Amazon, right. you have the choice of, uh, I'm going off memory here, so I might miss one or misquote it, but it's Alexa computer. That was a cool one that they added echo right. and Amazon. So you have the four different choices. Okay. Hmm. So if you want to be like star Trek's, you can change it to computer. Hello computer. I love it. Those are common words though, that you can't stop saying. No, no. And that's one of the problems that I have with Alexa and with Siri, Siri has the same kind of problem mm-hmm. is it will activate on a number of the assist, uh, other words. The best of them right now seems to be Google with Hey Google, because hey you have to have the yeah. two together in that order. And if it's at the beginning of a sense, it's going to activate. If it's in the middle, it doesn't. Hmm. I'm sure they'll get there where they can change it later. Well, and it's it's still an early, early system. 
as good as it is, it's basically the same uh, software in the background and it does run on the internet. So if you don't have a connection, it's not going to work. So you know, you're, you're going to be sending data. And if you are security conscious, you might not want Alexa in your home, period. <laughs> so if people are listening right now and they have their things turned up and I say, Alexa, turn off the lights. You think I just turned any lights off in somebody's house? It's possible. Nice. <laughs> it's not necessarily probable. The, the thing that really annoys oh. me the most, and I, I should have thought about it earlier, is when I've got, I'm using my uh, Echo at the office as my Bluetooth speaker. I got a good deal on it. So I figured, okay, hey, you know, I'm going to get the Alexa and that way I can, you know, I play Pandora radio on it. I can play Spotify, whatever. Or if I want to do podcasts, I can actually just do Bluetooth from the phone right to the uh, speaker. So most of the time I do Bluetooth uh, from my phone to the speaker. And whenever someone starts talking about, uh, you know, that magical uh, term, (laughs) it mutes whatever is going on and it pauses until I tell it to cancel, you know. (laughs) It's hysterical. Does uh, it tie into the TV also with all the smart TVs out there? It, I will say with an asterisk, yes. If it <laughs> is the Fire TV, you can do full control. I mean, full control isn't like, you know, you can't do everything, but full control is you can stop, pause, resume. You can t- actually tell it to open stuff if you tie it together. So I can be here in the studio with Alexa, for instance, and tell it to stop. Uh, you know, the uh, grand tour that's playing on the TV in the living room. Right. Or I can tell it, hey, play the latest episode of Grand Tour and it will do that. Now, what it's doing with the Echo devices, and I believe that might be Echo only, is you're tying it to a single Fire TV device. So if I have a Fire TV in the bedroom... And in the living room, if I tell it at the bedroom to turn off the one in the living room, it can't do it. Oh, right. Because it's tied to the one in the bedroom. Makes sense. Um, I think we're going to, let's switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about power. Uh, Something that, um, of course, a lot of us uh, think about, especially when we're geocaching uh, or even we're not geocaching, but uh, first though, before we get into those, we're going to talk about some jump start kits. Carol, yeah. And this is, this is one I really uh, wanted to talk about after uh, Rome, Georgia this year. Yeah. They had one of those gadget caches where you had to have your jumper cables. Oh, that's right. Well, yep. I can go one better. I've got a jump start kit in my car. <laughs> right. And these are great little toys. I mean, it's not something that you're going to want to use to jumpstart your car very often. But in an emergency, it works well. Or if you want to do a gadget cache, it works well because now instead of, you know, having to pull the car over, grab the jumper cables and, you know, risk uh, arcing and all that. Okay. I've just got this battery pack and it's a big, you know, like uh, external battery that you're used to from the cell phone. Yeah. And there's two that I put in the show notes. I have the... uh, uh, smaller of these, which is a 12,000 milliamp hour one, but there's also a 20,000 milliamp hour one. Uh, you can get some bigger ones and some smaller ones, but my too small, I'm sure, but no, it was I've seen them as small as like 8,000. And my uh, understanding is from reading the reviews and some of the posts and stuff. If you're under about 10,000 milliamp right. hours, yeah, 
don't don't even try it because it's not going to work. Right. But this is a 12 volt battery essentially in lithium ion. So you've oh, got okay. your ports to charge up your cell phones or you know, anything else that uses USB. Yeah. But it also has a 12 volt ports and that way you can run in, in like the 12,000 one that I have. Yeah. It really is just the uh, jumper cables. But there are some bigger ones that will actually run some of your uh, uh, cigarette lighter stuff. Oh, so if really? you have like a refrigerator that yeah. runs on the cigarette lighter, right. you can plug it into that for power for a while. But I, I just love having one of these in my car because yeah. it just sits there. You have to take it and top it off every so often, but it just sits there in the trunk. If I forget uh, for some reason to close the door or whatever and it drains the battery, fine. Really, it's more so that... Uh, when someone calls me and goes, Hey, uh, my battery's dead. Can you come and give me a jump start? Right. I just run over and plug it in. And this really came into play about two, three years ago. Yeah. My uh, niece liked to leave the car lights on in her car. Oh no. And she always parked like up against the building in parking lots <laughs> where you could never get in. Right. So th- that's when I really cables to your car from there. Right. But after Rome, Georgia this year, I realized, hey, this is a great caching accessory, too. That's right. It's perfect. Uh, it's in the show notes, too, if anybody wants to. Suye, Suyoki is the company, I think. But uh, That's as good as guess as any. That's close. Okay. But it's in the show notes for people to, to take a look at. But um, um, now, uh, battery case-wise, you know, people, this is something that I think, if people don't have the one that sounds like a uh, a great item there, uh, Daryl with the 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 car jump thing, I think pretty much most people have a battery case. But um, you'd be surprised how few people actually use battery cases. I don't have one. Yeah, especially if you're on like the plus phones, the phablets. You're yeah, generally not going to have it because you have the bigger batteries. But any of us who have those non-interchangeable batteries I got a Mophie are going to know. Yeah, yeah. Mophie, and Mophie. Mophie is uh, the guys that really made it uh, popular. Ta-da. But if you <laughs> yeah. are familiar with uh, those interchangeable or those non-interchangeable batteries, right? You know that it's a tough sell to uh, <laughs> go out on a, a geocaching trip because you're going to have to either be tethered or have. In my case, I like the uh, battery cases. Yeah, but we've talked about the battery cases before the ones that I like right now for iPhone are the ones from Apple. I was so hard on these things when they came out, they're expensive. They don't look very good. So why would I want to get it? I mean, it's costs over double what I can get a good one from one of the other companies like anchor Yeah, anchor. You're probably talking three, maybe even four times as much. You used to be big on Anchor, weren't you? But a couple yeah, years I still ago. am. Still oh, yeah. am. But, okay. But some change sold me on this right. was when I switched to the iPhone 7. Okay. And there's no right. headphone jack. That's true. That means the only way to get a headphone jack is through the lightning port. Yep. Battery cases generally don't have a lightning port. They generally will have a micro USB. The yeah. few cases that you'll find that have a lightning port are only for charging. They will not do data pass-through. Right. The smart cases from Apple, which are only available for the 6, 6S, and for the 7, Right. which my understanding is will also work on the 8, but they don't do any of the plus sizes. They don't do the 5 or the SE. 
It's only for that one basic form factor. They're nice grippy silicone cases and everything. Yeah. But the big thing is that does pass through. So I can plug in a headphone or a headphone adapter to that port. Oh. I can plug in my uh, 360 camera to right. that port. Oh, cool. Yeah. I can plug in the uh, uh, CarPlay uh, system in the car right. to that port. So it's just like I'm plugging into the phone, but now I have the smart battery. And as a bonus, it gives me the information right on screen about the battery situation. So I don't have to hit that button on the back and look at the LEDs. Yeah, you know, that's something that that I've heard from a lot of people that always comment on the fact that with Mophie, like you're talking about, um, one of the one of the things that's. that they don't like is the very thing you're talking about is the fact that Mophie cases take up the lightning port and in this, in this, and what they do is they give you back a USB port to use for power, but they don't really, they basically cover up the, the lightning port. So sure you lose that. Well, and, and in some cases it will actually do the sync, but it will not do the full data. Cause if you have something like those headphone uh, adapters, right. Or like the headphones that are lightning, uh, connections you can't plug it into micro usb at all right um something that um we've probably all looked at and i, I did a little bit of investigating and found one uh that i felt was uh, was pretty good there's a lot of them so you know it's interesting to look to look at which is a smart backpack and these are kind of becoming uh, more and more common to find uh, out there. Uh, they're becoming more and more uh, integrated uh, within the backpack. Um, there's one that I found is from uh, Ecene, I think is the name of the company. I may have messed up the name, but it's E C E E N. It's a hiking. Uh, the one I the one I th- I liked was the one. It's a day pack, so it's not really your full blown geocaching backpack that maybe you're full some people like maybe like a day pack i don't know jesse you, you uh, i've got two different kinds of backpacks and and i ironically tend to grab the day pack more than i do the big pack anymore depends on what the trip is right yeah so if you're going just driving around town and weight's not a consideration that little day pack is fine if you're actually going on a full hike somewhere then weight becomes a, a factor and you have to definitely choose differently this one's kind of interesting because it's um it's not very expensive it's about 40 dollars on amazon but it has a solar charger built into it so you can take it hiking traveling backpacking biking um folds up into a you know into it um power your cell phone uh power speaker or whatever so um so, Daryl, do you think these are good ideas, or are we still not to the point, technology-wise, that they're really very good, do you think? Well, it really depends a lot on what you're doing, what your hiking style is. You know, Are you going to be in the uh, woods? If you are, you're probably not going to see the uh, benefit of a solar pack. Right. However... I do like the concept. I've been playing with a couple of these on and off for years. I got to cheap one from Amazon years ago that uh, I don't really use all that much, but the reason I like the one that I did get is it has the cable management with the battery and it still has a a water bladder. 
Right. So it's an awesome backpack to take on the hikes because you've got like your camelback water bladder that you can you know, drink from all day long. It's got a 10,000 milliamp hour battery that I can swap out for a bigger battery if I want to carry the extra weight. Right. And it has the solar cell to top up that battery while I'm out in the field. So it is a nice uh, backpack for that. And if you already have a backpack that you like, you can always go and add on the solar panel if that's what you want. As long as it has the holes that you can pass through the cables, you can add the uh, battery pack, like get that anchor battery pack if that's what you want, throw it in there, and uh, just run the cables into another pouch and charge up. You know, what I'll typically do is I have a couple of the uh, battery cases in the uh, uh, backpack. I charge up the ones that I've already depleted right. in case I need them again, which quite frankly, I generally don't ever use more than the one backup case. I'm, I, you know, if I'm out for a full day, I've never killed right. two unless I'm doing something intense like Pokemon go where your screen is on all the time, all the time. and it's constantly running the data. Yeah. So I really don't really need it but I do it just to be sure. Right. So really at this point, um, backpacks, um, you almost want to stick with, or let's see if you guys agree. You you want to stick with a backpack you're comfortable with because the different items that you could just sort of put in your backpack, then you can take advantage of. You don't really need the backpack to have everything built into it necessarily. No. Okay. Well, and in a lot of the uh, cases of the like less expensive backpacks like this, I'm yeah. assuming it's a bunch of modules because yeah. they don't want to have to go through and sew in all this stuff. Yeah. So they're doing the hole so that you can do the pass through. They'll probably sell this backpack for $20 without all that stuff. Right. Or if you want all the stuff they added in, you know, and yeah. maybe they have two different versions with two different solar cells. So it, it's nice to be able to have a pack that's built for that. But it's right. not one that you necessarily need to get it as one kit. And I would really probably, you know, I have, I can't remember the name of it, but it was this really awesome kit years and years ago that I did some reviews on where it had batteries that you'd swap in and out, and it has the inverter and everything built into the backpack. Gotcha. So you just had these backpack or these batteries that you'd swap, and then the charge ports in the backpack. Gotcha. Which is there is an advantage to that too, though. Absolutely, so but one of the live in a house with, with a few people, it's easy to pick up and walk a power bank off and have it disappear, and I can never <laughs> find it again. Right. However, most people huh. wouldn't take my whole backpack if it's all one piece. So right, but the disadvantage is when the uh, cable specs change and when the charging specs changed, I couldn't use that backpack anymore. Right, right. So there's there's. There's reasons for, for both sides of that, I think. Absolutely. So since we're kind of talking ge geocaching-related items, um, we'll just jump into something that was just put in the notes, and that is about GPSR recommendations. Uh, I know you've done many shows. I've enjoyed many of your shows about, about, the, about GPSRs. Um, at this point... Do you have one that uh, this came from the chat room, by the way, but do, do you have a recommendation that um, that has changed that 
you're currently what's your current one i guess is a good good question well i i still have way too many gpsrs and i never I use any you've, of them you've got a lot of them i know and i love the shows on them but i know but if you were to, uh, but if the you were ones to pick that, one yeah the ones that i'd recommend right now are the e-trex uh, line is very good i typically try to steer people toward the 30 or it's actually the 30x is a current one uh the 35 is a touch screen and i'm not a fan of the touch screen I'm not. I, I got one. If you're a touchscreen, like yeah. If you're a touchscreen person and you really want that small GPS, take a look at it. But otherwise, I would avoid the uh, uh, touchscreen E-Trex because it's it's a small, small screen. It's not like using a cell phone. No, it's and not. It, it causes some problems. I like the physical buttons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Part of that is I wear gloves in the winter. I go outside and cash in the snow and in the rain. And the newer touchscreens, those capacitive touchscreens that we're all used to from the cell phones, will actually register those raindrops as touches. Or if it's in the rejection mode, because the newer ones have learned to reject that, the the touchscreen actually stops responding as well because it's got all these little drops of water. So the other one that I really like right now is still the uh, 64. The GPS Oh, yeah. GPS map. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, no, GPS, yeah. 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 But it's still Garmin. Yeah. That is really, really cheap. I've seen them on sale for under $200 this uh, Christmas. So it, that's an awesome unit. It's the uh, better antenna, better chipset. It, it's still not what I really, really want from a uh, GPS at this point. But what I really want is not available. <laughs> and the Oregon 750s. Or, say about the Oregons, yeah. Yeah, they just continue to let me down. But having said that, I haven't even fired that thing up in wow. six months. Wow. So I don't even have the current software on there. I really need to get uh, the uh, update on there and see if some of my problems with that unit have changed. But I don't like the way that they're doing the um, geocaching on these new units. Not that it's awful. Some people are going to like it. Yeah. It's just like the caching apps. To me, it doesn't really work. I do like, though, if you're not the kind of person who has a computer, yeah. you probably do want to look at this because you can connect to Wi-Fi at home. You can't do it at a coffee shop because you can't get through the capture screens. But if you're at home, you can fire it up, download your pocket query that you've already set up on uh, geocaching.com and it has to be through geocaching.com right but you can download that uh, pocket query right to the device so on your phone or on your tablet set that up at geocaching.com download it and you're ready to go you don't need a computer yep uh just uh, shaking his head i just don't see and i know people i'm gonna get slammed for this but i was what i was trying to do is when i stepped away it was grab my gps real quickly yeah. So I didn't find the one. I didn't find it. I won one at Omega, and it's still in the box. Uh, I should have sold it because now it's been like a year and a half, two years now. But uh, but I did find this, and we did buy this one early on. This is right. the Explorist GC. Explorist, yeah. Um, yeah, no. Like, like it makes it so much harder. Like, I was like, hmm, I can do this, or I can just take my phone right. and, and do it, list. you know. I just, I, I can't. I can't see, and I know this has been debated on the shows and stuff, and some people are true to GPS and they get all messed up about it, but I just don't see 
the advantage of a GPS unit. I just don't see how it's, it even compares to a phone nowadays. Well, one of the nice things about having the two devices is you can clear free up the other device to do something else. So if I'm out geocaching, I can take the uh, GPSR and go geocaching. Meanwhile, I have Munzee or uh, Wallaby or uh, Pokemon Go open on the phone. Or, better yet for uh, some of us, Periscope. Periscope, yep. I was thinking that just when you said that. You, yeah, so that's one of the reasons why I continue to invest in GPSRs like the 750 is I'm really still hoping for something that I really like that I can go and do that dual function because I need to have the second screen to free up the cell phone to do Periscope or whatever it is that I want to do there. Yeah. That makes sense. I know somebody really loved just using the, they just love using the GPS. They just oh, have more fun doing it that way. It's just, I, when I started, it was already the phone at that point. Right. So it's hard oh, for me to go backwards. It has different ways to cache. Some people yeah. like using the uh, satellite view on the map. Some people don't. Some people prefer a compass. And in general, if you prefer the compass caching, my experience is you're going to prefer a GPSR over a smartphone. Right. If you prefer maps, chances are you're going to prefer the uh, smartphones unless you're really into topography. You know, if you really like those topo maps, you're probably not so much into the uh, smartphone. But you can't really do, you know, there is bird's eye from uh, Garmin that does the uh, satellite view. Mm -hmm. But you really can't do that well on the GPS because you need a better screen than what they provide. It's one of those things I always get slammed for because I'll be at an event and <laughs> I generally know a lot of people when we go to events and they'll have a, a GPS question and I'm like, man, I have no idea. I'm like, I, just, I don't even know how to turn your thing on. I don't know how to do it. I just I can't. <laughs> I can't help you there. I've yeah, they are the, very yeah. different. <laughs> yes. Over the years, I've I've done, like you said, Jesse, the fact that I can do everything I need to ge- geocaching-wise – from Cashly or I can yeah, offline list without an offline list like that. Um, you know, once you get out of cell range, I can understand when it back in the day when you, if you're out of cell range, you'd use a GPS. I mean, you, you just would, you're going to grab a GPSR immediately. Nowadays, if you're out of range, you've got your offline, hopefully you've built your offline list, you know, well enough that you don't have to worry about that. So, I mean, that's kind of where. Yeah, it's well, just different styles day, of caching. Yeah. Well, and back in the day when I got started, there was no data service. No, there was. So you had to use a GPSR. Yeah, that's. I shouldn't say that there was data service, but not available to you know those of us who had to pay bills. <laughs> I still loved my Magellan. That was my favorite one. And unfortunately, they're not making those anymore. They don't make them anymore, but that's okay. Oh. Um, something in related to what you were just talking about a second ago, Daryl, was you have to wear gloves a lot of time, well, especially with you, you clowns that are up in the north. Us down what? here, what? <laughs> no, uh, actually, it got cold down here. I needed I needed gloves the other day. No, uh, but for winter caching, uh, or where you know uh, Daryl is, and well, all three of you guys are, um, uh. You need to wear gloves and operate your GPSR or your phone 
And there are some touch. Do you guys, A, do you use touchscreen gloves? And then, Daryl, you've got a couple suggestions for us. So start with, um, Sydney, do you still, are you still pulling off one glove to use the phone and then put the glove back on? Or what are you, what are you doing lately? Uh, I was for a while, um, especially, well, I guess just yesterday this was a problem for me. But then, so I have the dog in one hand with the glove on. And so right. the hand's like moving around and stuff. And then my other hand's got my phone, but it's just sitting there. It's not like moving around, right? So it gets cold. Right. But so I need the, the touchscreen gloves, especially if I'm like catching Pokemon or something, you know, so. That's the, that's the show here in a minute, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually just bought some yesterday, a new pair, because my old pair was not no longer functional. Oh, okay. Yeah, the okay. thing with gloves is that you really need to try these things on. It's not the kind of thing that's going to uh, work well on every hand, because everyone's got a little bit different fingers. And this has been my big problem with any of these gloves. Right. Unless I can try them on, I don't know if they're going to work for me. And I have a lot of them where there's way too much play in the fingers. Yeah, so, they don't, they like, don't fit Pokemon well doesn't work because right. it's just slopping around and you don't have the precision with the gloves. So keep that in mind as well. Mm-hmm. But if you were to buy some with sight unseen, or you were trying to buy some for somebody, you've got a couple ideas of some things that we might. Well, be and able Gadget to had just done the article this week on okay. the best touchscreen winter gloves. So I picked the, uh, f- the first three uh, that they had. Moshi's digits are ones that have been out there forever. And these are inexpensive, good quality uh, gloves. So that's something that uh, if you're into it, you want to try them, but you don't need that heavyweight uh, glove for the winter. You Just for like some fall weather, check that kind of stuff out. Uh, glider gloves, uh, urban style touchscreen gloves. These are, again, lighter weight gloves, but apparently they're pretty nice. A little bit uh, more expensive, as I recall, than the Moshi's. So they might work look, for down here, as far as like for southern, down here in the well, south. They'll work, Darryl, they'll work they, down there. They'll work if you're, you know, just out in. It's not real cold out. Peculiar weather, yeah. Okay. You know, if you're going to and from work, and you know, if you're looking for something for that, Kent Wang has some deerskin gloves Ooh. that are, you know, like those leather gloves that are a little bit dressier. Right. So they're good for the, you know, the car ride in or your commute in, whatever, sure. when you're going to go to work and want to look a little bit better. Now, my personal preference has been uh, outdoor research has some really awesome gloves, including leather gloves. And the nice thing with their leather gloves is they just treat it with like this, uh, uh, metallic coating. So the entire surface, anything that's uh, leather, yep. works. Oh, okay. So I can use those better than almost any others. Hmm. Uh, um, North Face has some really nice ones as well, but they don't work for me. So if you have an REI, head over there, check that stuff out. You'll find all kinds of good gloves to try on. But one thing that you probably want to look at is tactical gloves. These are awesome because the fingers actually will come off. Right. So you can actually use your finger. If it's not too cold, those Uh those are exposed. Yeah. Well, and they actually make versions of those for like photographers too. So that you can fiddle with the uh, fine controls on your uh, still or uh, video cameras. Susan had a pair, and you, I'm sure people. This is, you know, we've all seen these. I don't know if they're. I guess it's a preference thing, but she has a pair that the finger. You can get the finger to sort of 
come out of your glove, just just the just your just fingertip. Tip. Yeah, yep. and then you just put it back over, you know, so it's kind sure. of a, that's one way to do it. I mean, but you're, yeah. you're but again, they're not going to be the warmest gloves to wear all the time because it's not really built for really mm-hmm. cold weather, but. Right. Well, it's, it's going to be a nice uh, crossover where if you're not in that brutally cold weather, you'll still get the warmth you need. You can still get the dexterity because your pinky yeah. comes out or whatever. Uh, but there's also uh, some mittens that give you a little bit more warmth. I just hate wearing the mittens, especially the when oh, I hate mittens. You, yeah, you've got their <laughs> right. gloves essentially with the mittens that come over them, so oh, that yeah, all yeah. of your fingers are free and you have everything. But they just never seem to warm me up enough. Right. When I don't have, you know, when I've taken off that uh, uh, mitten portion, and it just doesn't give me the dexterity that I really need. Right. Well, we're kind of coming to the end of this hour, so I do want to mention that the the cash crate that we're giving away for this hour is still available for the next about three minutes. So make your donations and you will be counted as part of um, this hour for that giveaway. We've got some different giveaways tonight, but that's a cool one, a cash crate. Uh, Mm -hmm. So make your donation now for that. Jerry, would you like me to say what's in this box? Yeah, so why don't you mention a couple things real quick. Sure. Here we have a microfiber towel, cool. all in a little pack. We have a, uh, a a small geocache container. Oh, sweet! We have uh, let's see what else here. We have a fake gum geocache. Oh, the fake gum geocache! Everybody yes, wants one of those. I'm a fan. Uh, although, if you're the guys up in hard. the northwest, they're not big fans of those. Right. Let's see. We also have a combination lock on a carabiner. Wow. Maybe for a gadget cache. Cool idea. And also a, a what is this? A cutlass geocoin. Geocoin. Oh, neat. Indeed. Wow. All that. You in have one, a, in a few one, more minutes to get your, in your donation. One crate. In. Yeah. Yes. We're, we're just wrapping up. So, um, so Daryl, um, of the items we've got left, we, we didn't get to everything tonight. They will be in the show notes, but what what is what stands out that you'd like to kind of wrap up the, this hour with? I would probably say the uh, uh, support for your uh, phone or for your smaller camera. Okay. Uh, these are selfie sticks is what some people call them. And the one that I've uh, put in here is one that I actually picked up two of them, one for me and one for my wife. Right. Uh, and they have the selfie stick that you can use as a monopod, which is how I tend to use it for uh, you know, Periscope or whatever. But the thing that I really like about these, they have yep. that quarter 20 mount on the base, your standard tripod mount. So you can put a tripod base on it. Oh, wow. So it works as a tripod. This is really cool if you've got like your traditional uh, camera with a monopod for your 360 cameras because these little tripod bases like that tend not to show up in your uh, 360 photos, whereas a regular tripod does. So you can use these as the tripods. And, you know, in this case, with the selfie stick, set it up on the tripod base over, you know, by the tree, go over toward the uh, ledge where you're going to fall off and (laughs) get your uh, photo with the good camera without using the uh, front-facing camera. Because we all know those front-facing cameras are nowhere near as good as the rear cameras. Right. Well, very cool. Um, well, Daryl, thank, 
Yeah, they are. Well, uh, Daryl, thank you for for uh, for being on for this this uh, hour. You're going to be on the next hour. We're going to talk about the other games here in a moment, but we do hope uh, everyone enjoyed hour number three tonight. Uh, email us your comments, geocachetalk at gmail.com. And um, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to, uh, in a few minutes, start on uh, hour number four. Uh, at, uh, we're going to talk about the other games, so stay tuned for that. We'll be right back with that. <laughs> 